Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and we have another of our Freedom Story interviews. So today we've got Jason Skisik on. Um, he is a military veteran. He is also the veteran of CrossFit and uh, opening CrossFit gyms. And so that was his um, his first foray into getting his freedom. And he just experienced his Freedom Day about a year ago in November. So we're going to hear about his journey to get himself to that point and uh, how how he would recommend doing it. And it's kind of interesting from a the point of view of a uh, gym owner. So, Jason, welcome to the show, buddy. Jeff, I'm so excited to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me on. So glad to have you on here. Well, let's kick it off with your story. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Oh, gosh, Jeff. Let's see. Um, as you mentioned, uh, coming out of school, I, I joined the Army um, after a brief stint trying college. I joined the Army. Um, I learned a lot. I gained a bunch of weight right in my first year of the Army, and then I spent three years working it off as a cable dog, uh, deployed twice, uh, pulling cable in the desert and digging holes. I know you also served, so thank you. Um, and uh you know, right towards the tail end of the military, I got very interested in fitness. Um, the other thing I was doing while I was in the military was reading all sorts of books on finance and uh, and business and entrepreneurship. So I knew that there were these two kind of ideas. Um, and as a young man, I didn't have the certainty of one or the other. So get back to uh, America and, and two other army friends and I uh, went back to school for finance on the GI Bill uh, at DePaul. Shout out to the GI Ball, Bill in DePaul. Uh, and we also at the same time started a small CrossFit gym in a, in a warehouse on the fourth floor of a timber loft building. Um, and I would find myself at working, I graduate with a finance degree with honors and, and get one of the best starting jobs you can get in the field. Uh, and I'm sitting there working on 20, 30, $50 million deals. Uh, and all I can think about is my little $8,000 a month CrossFit gym. Um, the, the, uh, the story I like to tell people is I'll never forget. I'm sitting in a, in a, in a meeting and it's me, it's my boss, my boss's boss, my boss's boss's boss and his boss and the entrepreneur. And the only guy I can see eye to eye with is the entrepreneur that's across the table. And then separately, I know that guy. I'm not going to say his name. The, the boss's 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 boss. I know where he lived. I know what time he came to the office. He came in earlier than me. He drove further and he left after me. I don't care what money he makes. I don't care what his house looks like. I don't care what his car looks like. I knew I didn't want his life, which meant that I shouldn't mm -hmm. continue to toil in that environment. By the way, shout out to those guys. They're amazing. They were really great at what they yeah. did. But the moment that I decided to focus fully on my small community CrossFit gym, uh, was the moment I realized, number one, that my other two partners were no longer uh, interested in, in making this their career. And they had both grown to do other things. And I love those two like brothers and always will. Yeah. Uh, but what took us 
It took me seven years to get to 200 members. It took me six months to get to 300 members because we, wow. we really, we became professionals. We laid the foundations of what a true business and our goals could be. Uh, we put some frameworks in place so we could scale that out to our team. And then very quickly, we found ourselves in full momentum and flow. And so, uh, awesome. you know, from there, um, you know, I was asked by a mentor, Alex Hormozzi, who's, who's been very, very successful in the space uh, to become a coach for other gym owners. Uh, and I fell in love. Uh, I thought I loved coaching yeah. CrossFit. Turns out I just love coaching. Uh, I've never been on yeah. a call with another entrepreneur and gotten off with less energy than when I got on. Um, and so fell in love with coaching for Alex. Um, he was looking for full-time employees. I had already figured out that I was nobody's employee. So I joined up with another person, Joey Huber, shout out to Joey. Uh, and we started a company that consulted for uh, business owners for gym owners. Uh, that did very well. I uh, love that guy too. Love that business. But at a certain point, I just knew that my life's mission was going to grow beyond fitness. Uh, and so I sold my portion of that business to, to my partner last year. And I've spent the last year in a year of service. So that means that I've spent time with my, my new baby girl, uh, Lucy. I've spent time doing jujitsu and kickboxing. Oh, thank you. Uh, I've spent time doing uh, jujitsu and kickboxing five days a week. Uh, and I've spent time almost every single day on phone calls with entrepreneurs, helping them through problems, helping them to find their uh, their course and their North Stars, um, and putting out this podcast, Spear and Clover. The Spear and Clover podcast uh, dropped in February, and I've I've loved every episode so far. Um, so that's that's, awesome. that's how we got here. I love it. I love the story. Explain to me on CrossFit. Is that a franchise or is it just kind of a concept that they've carried forward? So to understand CrossFit, you need to understand a little bit about the founder, Greg Glassman, who's come under fire. If somebody's listening to this and they know he's had some some public stuff in the last couple of years, but uh, Greg is sort of a libertarian leaning person. And so what he believed was that if he implemented, if he if he brought to the world the methodology and the principles, and he's written some really interesting stuff and and had some really great videos and 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 courses. Uh, CrossFit, the best thing CrossFit does is not the CrossFit Games; it's the teaching. Their their mm -hmm. courses and their education program is second to none. Their staff is stellar, um, but he believed that a franchise would kill it. What he believed was give people the tools, the methodology, and support and let them do what they want with it in, in a very libertarian leaning way, which I love, uh, but it does result mm -hmm. in, in a little bit less consistency across the brand. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about what that transition was. I know you, you really put your you know, full heart into it. What was that transitional point for you where it went from, Hey, this is kind of more of just a, a job that I own to, all right, now it's really starting to become a business and I'm, I'm becoming the owner and less of the operator. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it ties back to my first time being involved with a mastermind. Um, and so at the mm -hmm. time, uh, there was a, a podcast called Barbell Shrugged and they had uh, a group of gym owners called, uh, that was a mastermind called the Barbell Mastermind. Um, and mm -hmm. so by joining that, I just... I had access to people who'd been much more successful. I had uh, real testimonials from people who'd been where I was and had overcome the problems that I thought were huge. And so at the time, just to give you scope, uh, at the time we were collecting, you know, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 a month, very, very little for a business with a brick and mortar facility with rent in Chicago and insurance yeah. and all sorts of stuff. 
Um, and I'll never forget. It was, it was Mike Bledsoe was standing at the front of the room and he was like, Hey guys, if you're not making $50,000 a month in revenue, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, ha, 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 he doesn't understand. There's no way you could ever collect $50,000 in a month of a CrossFit business. We do this to, to, to sacrifice for our clients and we should never be able to afford a car payment, let alone to go out to dinner. Right. Um, Sure enough, within a few years of being in a group like that, um, and then other groups as well, um, we actually doubled that. We, we we there's been months where we collected six figures in a month. So um, you know, definitely broke down tons of limiting beliefs and gotten to the point now where I just love to find those limiting beliefs because all I know is there's another room on the side of that wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about that, uh, the transition to the point where you said, all right, I, you know, I know you you mentioned it, but you know, talk about that transition point of, okay, I've kind of run, run the, the gamut of what this business is going to be. And I, I really want to sell it. What was that? What was that point like for you? You know, there was a period of time when I was sitting at a desk, probably like the listener is right now sitting at a desk mm -hmm. or some of the listeners sitting at a desk in a job that I was okay at. And I didn't hate. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided I can't keep serving two masters. I need to either remove myself from the gym and its community, which I loved, or I need to remove myself from this job. And, fo and so I neither needed to put all my focus into one or the other. And I just realized uh -huh. I couldn't do that forever. And in, I think 2013 or 14 was when I decided that I could not imagine not being at the gym every day. I could not imagine not continuing to introduce people who would eventually marry and have children. This is true, right? I've, there's multiple babies walking around from our community. And then there was another moment in 2020 when I had that same idea. And now the, the juxtaposition was between continuing to run the CrossFit gym and community or continuing to coach entrepreneurs and help bring their missions and their visions to life. And the way at that time was when I first could imagine not being at the gym every single day. And it wasn't anything yeah. about the gym or the community. I love the gym and community corresponding. We also moved, which was a big factor and it was 2020. So, mm -hmm. you know, gyms weren't doing so hot. Uh, however, no, I was gonna, that was going to be my next yeah. question is what well, was it like owning a gym in the middle of 2020? Yeah. And, and frankly, I was working with dozens of gym owners that year, so I can speak to it quite a bit, yeah. but, uh, but to finish that thought though. So when I had that second epiphany, it was more like, there's a life cycle of impact that kind of everybody makes, uh, you fall in love with the thing. It changes your life. It could be fitness. It could be photography. It could be coaching or podcasting. You fall in love with a thing. Um, it changes your life. And then what do you do? You make it your career. Maybe especially those folks listening to the show, right? Um, and then at some point you go, okay, not only am I, it was my career, I'm going to own the business. And then there comes a certain point where you go from impacting one person yourself. Now you're impacting maybe tens or dozens of people. And then maybe you're impacting hundreds or maybe if you're lucky thousands, but in order to scale that impact, now you need to start influencing those people that influence others. And so that's where the podcast, that's where um, me coaching entrepreneurs who each had tribes of hundreds of people. Uh, and now a podcast where potentially I could impact people who have, you know, millions of people at some point. Um, so to me, it was so much more about the purpose of that message and, and kind of sharing what's worked for me that made that decision so easy because I love the people that are at my, my former gym. And I, for the record, I still do own a piece of it. We just don't live as close as I'd like. Yeah. Now, are you still up in Illinois or are you, did you move? 
So the gym is in Chicago. It's uh, it's Chicago Elite Fitness, um, Bucktown CrossFit. Uh, We live in the Indiana Dunes National Park. So I live about an hour outside of Chicago, right on the beach. We live in this weird, cool, quirky, small beach town in Indiana. So I love that. I absolutely love it. So um, talk a little bit about 2020. I mean, you know, you were working with entrepreneurs at that time who were running uh, running uh, gyms in a time when you couldn't be open how how did they survive or or not uh well you know i think that's kind of there's, there's a lot to unpack there for starters let's talk about mm-hmm. our gym uh our gym yeah. has never been the primary offering was fitness or results that was something we did. That was our elective collective suffering that we put ourselves through and the tribe that was formed around it. Um, But for us, um, I've said tribe probably five times on this conversation. Tribe is really important to me. I'm tribal. It's one of my core values. Um, And so for us, we realized that the fitness part would have to happen. And so, yeah, we lent out all the equipment. We did live Zoom workouts every single day. So there were many people that were taking part in those and staying up on those remotely. But it was really the community and our events and the connection to that that people really viewed as our identity. And so one of the things we did right away was we had daily coffee chats with the owner. That was me and my wife, Donna, as well as Andrew, who now runs it. Um, And we were doing social events multiple times a week. So we would pick a TV show episode and we'd do a live table read where everybody got to be a character. We would play trivia games. There were days where we would show up in costume or there was just all sorts of really fun things that we were doing. Um, And honestly, I think for some people, that was what got them through. Because picture it, man, we're in Mm -hmm. Chicago, which is like a lockdown city. Yeah, which is like COVID times 12. Right. We're in a locked down city. And a lot of my clients are like single men and women in their 20s in in an apartment by themselves with absolutely no contact with the outside world. And so there was just this moment where, you know, we had a choice. And I think that we made the right choice, which was to double down on what our core values are, not just the thing that we do to serve. And our core values are centered around our tribe and community and connection and play Uh, And all of those things we tried to continue. And so because of that, you know, we didn't do as bad as we could have. Now, if I expand that to the folks that I worked with through that, you know, my partner and I put together a a free course that we gave to everybody that would take it uh, with some ideas, the stuff that he had done, the stuff that I had done. And we tried to stay ahead of it. Um, The thing that gave me, I didn't stay up. It didn't keep me up at night. And the reason why was I just knew that I don't need to be the best gym in the world. I just need to be faster and better and and have better answers than everybody else. Because if I can make it through, there's going to be a place for gyms on the other side. I'm not one of those Peloton believers that thinks all of a sudden human behavior is going to change and we're all just going to work out alone in our living rooms. It's just not going to happen for most of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so these places, these, these congregational places in our towns and our communities are so important, especially uh, now um, and so I just knew that if we stayed out in front of everybody else, we would do well. And I think uh, most of our most of our clients and certainly the people in my sphere of influence um, did OK. Um, I think mm-hmm. if anything, if we're talking from an economic perspective, I think if anything, those gyms are shutting now and they should have shut then. Um, you know, I think there was mm-hmm. a cash a cash injection that maybe um, promoted dysfunction and and gave it, you know, put it on life support. And and I think there's a lot of gym owners and probably a lot of other owners of businesses who, if they really took a hard look in the mirror, realized that they could already be three years into their next great adventure, mm-hmm. and instead they're like yeah. looking at how to you know file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy yeah. or something. Yeah, they 
they had a zombie that just went a little bit farther on into it at that point. Well, and we're certainly paying the bill now, right? Of course, and will be for the next, oh, 100, 150 years. Let's hope we make it that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So talk a little bit about the transition from uh, being a, an owner of a business to becoming a podcast host. What was that like? I have a lot smaller of a mouth and a lot bigger ears. Uh, I, um, I'm someone who has had to very deliberately condition myself to listen more because like a lot of entrepreneurs and especially those that identify themselves as like having vision, I don't love the term visionary, but that's the word, right? Um, yeah. There's this tendency for us to say, I see the world as it could be. And I ha I can't help but take action. And that's our gift. Mm -hmm. That's our power. But if we don't listen to the people around us, the other stakeholders, the people that see things from different angles, then we struggle and oftentimes mm -hmm. fail. And so doing a podcast has given me the superpower of shutting the F up. I don't, am I allowed to swear? Shutting, shutting oh, yeah. the fuck up. Sure. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, so to me, um, yeah. I still have to be conscious of, of my, my listening. Uh, but I've definitely, I want to, it, it's just, it's in me to want to put out a good product and to want to know as much as I can about the people I'm interviewing. And so what, what that means is when I listen back to it, I'd be horrified if I had to listen back to myself talking over some super interesting and unique guest. Right. <laughs> and it happens because you get yeah. into a, you get into a rhythm and it's like oh let me just tell you about my story right. my story doesn't matter your story is the one that's that's important um so what's what's really the plan for the future here that's a good question i uh so we're coming to the end of the year um i knew that i was mm -hmm. going to do something again mostly just because um, I want to impact entrepreneurs. I want to help people grow their visions. And so what we're doing now, uh, I'm obsessed with this idea of dynasty organizations. Um, so if you think about like teams, uh, if you think about football teams or basketball teams or baseball teams, there's a reason why the bears are never a contender, no matter who they draft, no matter who their coach is, no matter what the play is. Uh, and there's a reason why the Steelers or the Patriots or the Green Bay Packers are a contender no matter who's on the field. They've had the same coaches for 50 years or two coaches for 50 years. They've had the same quarterbacks, mm -hmm. two of them for 20 years. And, and it seems like they're always a contender. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's yeah. anything to do with tactics. I think that's all about the mm -hmm. foundations of what those organizations represent. The good example would be Randy Moss goes to New England. Ocho Cinco goes to New England. And you never hear about them being a problem. Why is that? Yeah, It's because those organizations are built on bedrock foundation, things like core values, mm -hmm. mission. They understand their goals. They understand exactly what every position needs to do to achieve those goals. And so because of that, it's almost effortless. And so there's people out yeah. there in business that are going through this struggle every single day. And the people that I love are the people that are subject matter geniuses, not even just experts, but they're amazing. I have a friend, Ryan Sprague. He's a cannabis guru but he doesn't know how to run a business. And so the only thing, by the way, Ryan knows how to run a business. I'm just using an example. Yeah. Um, the way to make the biggest impact on the world for these subject matter experts is to have somebody like me who can help ask them the right questions so that we can scale the genius between their ears out into the world and into the, into the make an impact on the world. I love this. I love yeah. this. So um, you just keep getting to, getting to be the coach all, all over again. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and that process was that so is- re- revelatory to me when I, um, yeah. I had a mentor and close friend of mine recommend to me the book traction with, which is uh, entrepreneur's yep. operating system. Uh, and he explained to me the difference between like, yeah, you know, a lot of people I'll ask like, Hey, do you have core values or do you have a mission statement? Like, yeah, we did it when we signed, signed up for the LLC and Oh, cool. What are they? And they're like, Oh, they're in a desk somewhere. I'd have to go find it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So the, the so your core values, the embers that burn and fuel you inside your heart, you have to look them up. So you don't know what they are. And so we had done yeah. that. And then when my friend impressed upon me how important it was to actually reveal what they are, not what I hoped they were, mm-hmm. what actually brought me yeah. to the party and got me to where I am. Um, when I figured that out, it's like I have a five-sided puzzle piece. And so, Jeff, all of a sudden mm-hmm. I could hold that puzzle piece up to relationships and clients and, and employees from the past and go like, oh, that's why I thought it would work, but it didn't work because of that. Mm-hmm. And then now- yep. I'm so confident there that on the fly, when I evaluate new opportunities or new employees or new partners or whatever it may be, I can go like, hey, cool. I really admire that you're this, but because you're not that, it's not going to be a good fit. Or, hey, Mm -hmm. man, I know you have a job, but we know each other well, and I think you'd be a perfect core value fit. Will you please join my tribe? Like That's that's where I'm at now is is I have this puzzle piece, and I can figure out exactly where it fits in. Um, And ever since we developed that, which was probably 2016, uh, ever since we developed that, um, I have yet to make a change to it, and I'm open to it. If I figured out that my core values shifted in some way, I would I would be open to it. But um, but they've really served me well, and I just so rarely see that reflected in other entrepreneurs. So few entrepreneurs mm. are using their core values and mission in conversation daily, where their clients know it, mm. their employees know it. They use it to beat the drum for the business in an elevator somewhere down the road. You know, when the owner's not there, and to me, that's that's missing the mark. And it's something that's easy, and like people love to do it. Yeah. No, I think that's I, I, you're right on the money. Uh, and and so many people, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, I've checked off the box. I've got my core values, my unique selling proposition, and then they put it away and, and yeah. never look at it again. And you know, don't share it ever. Um, it's funny. I'm rereading right now uh, Mike McCallowitz's Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, and I love the way he puts it in there as his immutable laws. You know, mm-hmm. these are things that you that you just cannot. That these are so ingrained into my soul, you cannot change them and you know, some of his, I just, I, he makes me laugh because he's just funny and, and the way yeah. he puts it. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it has to be you. Otherwise it's not a fit. And, and you can go back to look at every single client that you've had a problem with down the road. And it's something that didn't fit with one of those rules that you have. And I'm gonna tell you what, man, it's so good because in a service business, especially like a fitness, like a tribal community, like I had, yeah. When someone leaves, especially like in a ceremonial way, when someone mm-hmm. leaves, it's a person, it, you take it personally. It's people say, don't take it personally. Yeah. And I try, but you, it feels like a rejection. In some cases, it's like an acute eject- rejection of you. But then when you hold that piece mm-hmm. up, you go, oh, it was never going to work. We tried to make yeah. it. I could think of like five people. <laughs> it was amazing. We got as long as we did. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Louis C.K. has a joke where he's like, don't ever apologize when somebody gets divorced because no happy marriage ever ends in divorce. And if that's a good point. It's like, right. it doesn't feel good, but it probably should have happened sooner. And if you can get out ahead of it, well, maybe you never hire that guy or maybe you just don't take that client's business. If you can figure it out, and I certainly... Uh, as an analytical thinker, as somebody that's been a financial analyst, I have like actual tactical things that I do to reveal core value fit before I ever enter into those situations. 
That's awesome. Thanks, that is man. fantastic. All right, well, let's switch gears here and talk about the fast five questions. Let's do it. All right, so first one. You wake up in the morning, business is gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, all the knowledge in your head, a uh, place to live, laptop, computer, and food and clothing. What are you going to do first? Do I have a wife and child still? You still have a wife and child? Um, I'd probably start to have conversations with my entrepreneur friends. There's two ways that could go. Okay. Um, I can, I, I have, I'm, uh, the two words that echo in my mind as an entrepreneur, and it's been less and less frequently, they're uh, undeniable and scale. Those are the two words I think about as an entrepreneur, undeniable and scale. So I want to become undeniable and I want to focus on something. In, I want my passion to fit into something that can have scale, right? Um, yeah. And so uh, because of that, I would uh, seek out either partnerships or podcasting or coaching or something where I would have the ability to scale because what my skill set is now is undeniable. Um, I can help solve problems. I can solve my own problems um, in a way that's satisfactory to the market. I'm certainly not the best person out there uh, at everything that I do, but I understand how to solve problems. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What's the biggest business mistake that you've ever made? Um, operating agreement. Uh, having an operating agreement that's not very, very thorough. Um, I have been yeah. in... I've owned, uh, call it six or seven businesses with actual partners and like LLCs yep. and stuff. Um, and throughout that time, I am still very close or at least uh, on favorable terms with every one of my partners. Uh, some of them don't mm -hmm. talk to me as much. Uh, that's really not anything, right? Uh, but we're very yeah. much see them as brothers. However, um, the separation, whenever that happens, it's it can be contentious. There's So there are things, mm -hmm. there are, there are, there are um uh what are the uh there are um what do you call that clauses there's clauses you can put into these contracts that govern sure. these kind of inevitable things uh how does if somebody wants to buy themselves out or buy out their partner what does that look like uh if someone wants to sell their equity to some third party what does that look like if the parties can't agree and you don't have like a three party system where you know what does a vote look like and what what percentage of the vote needs to be had for these major like important business transactions that may happen. And so um, when you're starting a business, it's like when you're starting a marriage, you'll say yes to everything because you're in love and, and that's good. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I still love those folks, but I wasn't in love with them as partners when we decided to separate. And so very mm -hmm. fortunately, I've never had to use lawyers. Uh, I've always been mm -hmm. very reasonable, but it would have been easier if we had codified those agreements previously when there was no storm. That way, when the storm came, uh, we would have an easier way to get through it. Yeah, my my advice to people that are starting partnerships, and I've been in three in my life, and none of them have ended great. Uh, the last one probably ended the best out of all of them, but uh, the the... The advice I give is have a good lawyer that knows what they're doing and spend the money on that lawyer <laughs> that can think that has that has the ability to think around all the possible things. That's what a lawyer's a lawyer's job is to you know think of all the possible things that can happen and make sure that they don't just use a boilerplate document in a lot of cases. Well, or if you use that same lawyer at the front, well then maybe it's yeah. a no brainer at the end, right? And and I think it's certainly cheaper. <laughs> It's way cheaper. Uh, what is a good book that you would recommend for our audience? 
I'm going to take a guess here, Jeff, and I'm going to say that some of your listeners probably are entrepreneurs and some of your listeners are. are probably entrepreneurs, people that are maybe still having a job. And if that's the case, I'd like yeah. to give you two. Uh, so right. for those folks that are sitting in a cubicle thinking about planning their escape or just planning their escape, uh, I would recommend Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's old. It's mm -hmm. very well known. It's very simple to understand, but there's nothing that quite shines the light on the difference between an entrepreneur who generates cash flow and wealth and freedom and someone who is on a mice on a mouse wheel running in circles, right? In, in a corporate job. Mm -hmm. um, and so for those people that are not yet entrepreneurs, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I defy you to stay employed by somebody for more than a year. Uh, and then for those folks who are already entrepreneurs and maybe looking for help, there's tons of great books out there. Uh, Built to Sell for me is the one that mm -hmm. doesn't get mentioned enough. Um, and that is yeah. a very easy read. It's a parable. So it's told in a fictional story, uh, but it's teaching you how to build your organization in two things in such a way that it has value outside of just the tribal knowledge in your head and the assets in your building. Um, and in such a way that other people in your organization can energize your unique genius without you having to be a slave to the business. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, two wonderful books. And I would, uh, you know, one of the ones we mentioned that's part of uh, the whole Freedom Freedom Day story is uh, Cashflow Quadrant that, that bolts on to uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Sure. I think, you know, you really need to read both of those at and it it changes your whole perspective. I know it did for me. It, it massively changed my perspective when it came to that. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Built to Sell. <laughs> yeah, I read that one. I read yeah. uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad in the Desert. That was like one of the ones. That one, yeah. that one, and the Art of the Deal. So that that dates me a little bit. There you go. That's okay. Hey, I still go back to the Art of the Deal. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and people just vehemently hate Trump, and I'm like, if you just read the damn book, you totally understand what the game he plays yeah. with people, you, you, you know, Oh, this, he's, you know, he's such a jerk and he's, you know, he's trying to push it. If you read the book, he tells you exactly what he does. All you got to do is read the book and understand exactly what he's doing with you. Yeah. Um, what is a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend to our audience? Well, I'm going to be selfish here and I'm going to say it's a tool that I'm building and it's not yet ready to come out. Uh, but the biggest problem that I need to solve in, in business is we have these businesses that have different softwares kind of that keep track of everything. And the thing that most entrepreneurs don't have is like really useful, really uh, uh, easy to access statistics that cross different areas of the business. And so yeah. I'm happy to report that we're building one. It's going to be called score center and you'll be able to get it early 2023. All right. So we'll have to keep in touch with you and uh, let people know when that happens here. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. What is the, the last question? What is your definition of freedom? Freedom is having a build a business that you love that is working towards your vision that does not take from you. And it's having a family that you love, that you get to spend time with whenever you want. It's not working for money, but for pleasure. Um, and it's staying happy, healthy, and fit. Um, I believe in uh, elective collective suffering, which is like group workouts, doing really hard things, whether that's hot yoga, CrossFit, jujitsu, cycling, but in groups for bonding. Uh, and mm -hmm. I recommend solo missions, things like ruck marches, sauna, uh, float tanks, things like that, where you cut set aside time to, for your own reflection and thinking about your place in the universe. Uh, so if you can live that, that style of life, that's that's freedom. And and certainly I 
am currently living that style of life. Uh, that is fantastic. I love that. Love that one. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Jason, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Great. Um, so Jason at spearandclover.com, uh, Jason Skisick uh, on Instagram, Spear and Clover on Instagram. Um, and then all, I'm on everything else. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere. Our podcasts are at Spear and Clover. Um, and you can find mm -hmm. us. We have a YouTube channel as well. Um, we're putting out content every single day. Uh, we also have a Discord channel, a Spear and Clover community that's totally free. Uh, we interview our guests further. We have Q&As with myself and other subject matter experts. Uh, and then you'll have the front track when, when things do come out that are available for folks to pick up. So that's a Discord channel. Uh, it's Spear and Clover. Uh, community, and you can also just reach out to me directly and I'll get you squared away. Genius. Fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your story. Um, you you epitomize what, uh, what we talk about on Freedom Day. Um, and I really just enjoyed getting to know you and hearing about uh, you know, your, your journey that you were on. So thank you very much for being on the show. Likewise, Ranger. Good to meet you. Hooah. Well, Folks, uh, as always, uh, we put these shows out on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. So make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. So if you are listening to us, wherever that little subscription button is, wherever you're at, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you are on YouTube, uh, this way, uh, hit that subscribe button there on YouTube and we will connect you up. And we put out a few shows, sometimes little ones behind the scenes. So if you, uh, are subscribed, you'll learn about those and you, you may miss them if you're just doing the Tuesdays and Thursdays. So thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Please uh, like, share, comment. We love to hear that and we love to hear questions. So thanks a lot and we'll see you back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.